Welcome to the Olive Tree Podcast channel. Whether you're listening from our beloved Durban, South Africa, or from further away, we trust that you would feel welcome and included in what God is doing in our community, and that you feel inspired by today's message. Thank you and good morning. Pete, I, I just don't know why I still look so young and you look so old, but yes, but it is good having you up in the front. We've got hammers and plates. It's going to get rough in here, uh, but great to be with you. Just a, a show of hands. How many of you have watched the movie Back to the Future? Just, just keep up your hands if you watched it in a cinema, in a cinema. Well done. Well done for being proud. Remember when we used to have cinemas, that experience. Well, well done. So for those of you, how many of you have never watched it like me? Cool. So, so here's the storyline. I had to look it up. Uh, the storyline is this, that uh, someone invents a car that can go back into history. And so this kid goes back in history. And when he gets there, he realizes he has to make sure his parents stay together or hook up so that he as a result, he doesn't vanish. Like they were discovering this in the 80s, so they go back to the 50s and then he has to come back to the future to save his mate, the scientist, so that he doesn't get lost in history. So that's, that's the story. And uh, we thought we would call this series Back to the Future because if you want to understand what the church is supposed to be like, you need to look back to see it. And, and we're kind of in one of those moments in, in history. I don't know if you're feeling this. Now, there's no science to this, but it just feels to me like COVID's coming to an end. I, I, I don't know about you. I know there's supposed to be a third wave or maybe it's a third ripple, but uh, there's, there's still some stuff to go through, but then it's going to come to an end somewhere down the line or it's going to mutate and become, and everyone's going to die. No, uh, but regardless, there's, there's going to be a, we're back to normal. And when we get back to normal, it would be an incredible shame if we hadn't worked out the foundation of what that should look like. And so as we look back at the book of Acts, and, and the book of Acts, for those of you who don't know, uh, some people refer to, uh, refer to it as the Acts of the Apostles, but it's actually the Acts of the Holy Spirit through very ordinary people. It's an incredible book, but as we study Back at the book of Acts, I believe we'll be able to shape our future of what it looks like to be in church and what it looks like to be a Christian in this life. So I'm going to get into that. Now, if you are not a Christian, you kind of got dragged here, or you're seeking, you're trying to find out the vibe, one of the things that freaks non-Christians out, I know because it freaked me out, was when those weird people mentioned the Holy Spirit, because you are expecting something very strange to happen. And I understand why you feel like that. So if you're that person, you want to be part of the series. Because we're going to talk about who the Holy Spirit is and why you need the Holy Spirit in, in your life. And it's going to make sense. And we're going to speak about the beauty of the church. You know, I probably, to be honest, I was probably in ministry for a year before I understood the power and the beauty of the church. Because the church has kind of got diluted. But if you really dig into the book of Acts, it will so blow your mind about what God dreamt the church could be. And so if you're not a Christian, you kind of 
on the journey with us, I really encourage you to stay for all six weeks of this series. But to get you into the mood, my wife is going to share a little bit of her story with the Holy Spirit. Watch this, and then I'll preach. So I have a really beautiful experience of the Holy Spirit um, that I had a few years ago after I got saved that I'd love to share with you. So it must have been about June 2003, and I'd been saved for a few months. And I was sitting in a service at uh, Northern Schools High School Hall in the evening and the pastor did all the announcements and then um, just before he got into a sermon, he started off by saying, after the service tonight, uh, we're going to do baptisms, water baptisms in the pool. So we've got a few people lined up, but if you're sitting here and you haven't been baptized before and you would like to, then um, come and chat to me afterwards. And uh, when he said that, I didn't hear much of a sermon afterwards. I don't really remember anything that he said that night, but I remember the experience of um, my heart beating a thousand miles an hour. And I remember um, like a fire burning in my chest, this like pressure, this weight here, <clears throat> and a little bit of breathlessness. And um, I knew that if I, it was almost, the feeling was that if I didn't go and get water baptized, that I wasn't gonna get rid of that feeling. So out of a little bit of compulsion, I think I went up to Mark afterwards and said, uh, I haven't you know, registered or done the classes, but I really just feel like I need to be baptized tonight. And he said, awesome, um, just prepare a few lines on why you want to be, and um, yeah, you can get water baptized tonight. So went across to the pool and Mark and Ross jumped in. They baptized the people who had been arranged. And then I jumped into the pool with my jeans and t-shirt and jersey. And um, I don't remember feeling much of the Holy Spirit that night. Um, like it was beautiful getting water baptized and I knew and understood the scriptures, you know, that the old is gone and the new has come. But besides feeling wet and cold, I didn't feel much else. <clears throat> but for the rest of the week I did. I woke up every morning for the next seven days laughing. And if you are sitting here listening and you don't know Jesus or um, you're new to Christianity or you're kind of just visiting church or whatever it is, this might sound absurd and strange and weird and Christianese and all those things that potentially put you off church, but I'm going to try and explain it as best as I can because I really believe that the Holy Spirit wants um, to give us beautiful experiences of Him. And so <clears throat> for the next seven mornings, I woke up laughing and it wasn't like I would wake up a little bit groggy and open my eyes and roll onto my side and start laughing. It was that I would be asleep and I would start laughing in my sleep and I would wake up to the sound of myself laughing, which telling you guys and saying out loud just makes it even sound more silly and more absurd and more ridiculous. <clears throat> but that is exactly what happened. And it was beautiful. It was like my chest was filling with joy every single morning. It was beautiful. And um, it wasn't put on, it wasn't something that I made myself do. I had no experience, no context for the Holy Spirit. No one had prayed for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't like I had seen people fall, fall over or seen manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I had no context. I'd never really been to church before growing up. And so this was really personal and very, very real for me. And on the seventh morning, I woke up laughing. And then kind of my laughter would like wear off or peter off. 
and I just lay there beautifully still and then I felt this peace enter the room and I have never experienced peace like this before it was tangible and exquisite and holy and full um, it was like the Prince of Peace like Jesus himself walked into my room and at that time I think I'd opened my eyes and as I felt literally the atmosphere in my room the air in my room filling with this peace I remember closing my eyes and a few seconds later I heard a voice say as audibly as I'm talking to you mother of mothers daughter of daughters and I know that if I had opened my eyes I would have seen Jesus sitting on the bed next to me. And again, that sounds ridiculous and silly, and I actually don't care because I know that I know that it was him sitting there saying that to me and that it was real. And that peace, um, it was really like heaven was in the room with me. It was really quite amazing. Um, it's really beautiful thinking about it. But I shared that experience with a friend recently and um, she said something that I've, I'd never like unwound on that experience. She said, you know, Ames, it's almost like God gave you that experience of that joy and that peace because he knew that you would need it even when you were in circumstances or stages of life or events in life where potentially you didn't feel peaceful or you didn't feel joyful. It's like he gave that to you at the very beginning when he gave you that like calling, for want of a better word, when he told you what he was calling you to, to be or to do. It's kind of like he gave you a gift of peace and joy up front so that that could get you through down the journey um, as you walked it out in your life. And she was so spot on. Um, I never actually before that tied the two of them together, but it's just made me think the last few days that you know, the Holy Spirit in Scripture is referenced as various things, comforter and counselor and friend. Um, but he also gives us experiences of the presence of Jesus that I really believe are gifts to us. And as my friend so beautifully and rightfully pointed out, that actually help us walk out what he's calling us to. So I'm a mom to three kids and um, I know who my kids are. And I have hopes and dreams about who they'll become one day. I don't know exactly, but I have hopes and dreams for them. And I try to be quite intentional at Christmases and birthdays about, you know, giving them gifts that I think suit their temperaments and their personalities and their styles. But also give them gifts that I think um, will help them become more of who they should be you know, things that they can enjoy in those temperaments and personalities, but something that will help them to be more of who they are. And how much more is, how much better is God at giving us gifts that suit our personalities and temperaments and styles, but that we need to unwrap on the journey as we become who he wants us to be. You know, I think he gives us gifts that bring joy to our lives, 
but that we can keep unwrapping in different stages and seasons of life because he knows that we will need those things, you know, joy and patience and peace and understanding and wisdom, administration. He knows that we will need those gifts to become more of who he's called us to be. And it just makes me think that he's such a good, good God. He calls us to these beautiful things and then he actually gives us gifts and things that we need that we can continue to unwrap as we become those people who he's calling us to be. So my prayer, I think, for all of us individually and corporately, friends, really is that as we walk on those journeys, as we become steadfast in our journeys to fulfill what Jesus is calling us to, that we would have our arms open wide to receive the gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to give us because they are good gifts. And ultimately, they're the things that, gonna, that are going to equip us and help us to endure and make it through to the end point of um, who he wants us to be. Yo, she's hot, eh? <laughs> you know, she, she goes, peace and joy, and then she throws an administration. I think she did that for me. She was going... <laughs> May God give you the gift of administration so that I stop administering. Anyway, okay. Uh, I'm going to teach a little bit, and then I'm going to preach at the end. So this is the part where if you have a Bible or notepad, you, might, you may want to take this out. We're going to get to your heads and then your hearts. Okay, so Acts 2. I'm just going to dive right in. In the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud sound, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. You try to say that like that. <laughs> and we all hear these people speaking in our own language about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they drank, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully. This is where Jacob got it from. Listen carefully. All of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. I beg to differ. No, no, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision, visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I read this last night and it jumped out to me. There were two groups of people. There was one group of people who were watching and there was one group of people who were listening. There was a group of people 
who saw 120 people speaking in weird languages all at the same time and thought they must be drunk. And there was another group of people who listened as 120 people spoke at the same time and heard their language being spoken about, the, about Jesus in a way that only they could understand. And I realized that when you come to church, you either come to watch or you come to listen. If you come to watch, you will see what happens around and you may or may not see something good or something bad or some weird person doing something. But if you come to listen, you will come and you will hear the Holy Spirit speak in a personal way into your heart in a language that only you can understand. And you don't know how many times I preach a message and at the end of the message, someone comes up to me and says, when you were speaking, God said this, this, and this to me, and I know that had, wasn't even in the sermon. Why? Because God is looking for people who listen because he's a personal God who wants to speak in the language that you speak. Now, This moment in the church is what Christians call the birth of the church. In fact, in verse 41, it says that 3,000 people were added to the church. This is the birth of the church, which makes you wonder, what was the day before? Because you had a whole bunch of followers of Jesus in a room, but it wasn't called the church. This was the birth of the church. I want to tell you, What's going on there? You cannot have the church without the power of the Holy Spirit. People coming to learn about Jesus or coming to pray to Jesus, not full of the Holy Spirit, is not the church. It is people coming to learn about Jesus or people coming to pray to Jesus. And so much of our lives we think about as going to church. But going to church is not what Jesus commanded us to do. He commanded us to be the church. And in order to be the church, you have to be full of the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian, you need to be full of the Holy Spirit. Being the church is full of the Holy Spirit telling other people about Jesus. And there is greater joy. I just want you to know this. There is much greater joy in being the church than there is in coming to church. We love you coming to church, but you're missing out. God wants you to be the church, which is why you want to come to get filled tomorrow night and get filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, she's teaching it. She's going to amen all the way through. First thing, we need the Holy Spirit to be the church. Second thing, we need the Holy Spirit for our lives to be changed. Peter, you know, they're saying they're drunk. And, then, and Peter then goes, now remember, he's speaking to a Jewish audience. And a lot of the time we read the Bible as Westerners and we miss out on what's actually going on. Peter goes, whoa, 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 they're not drunk. This is what was prophesied. And here's what he says. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all people. And then he says, sons, daughters, women, men, everyone will get it, which is a big deal. Because in those days, the Holy Spirit only came on certain people at certain times for certain reasons. God goes, I'm going to pour my spirit on everyone. If you were a Jew, you were stoked. This is a good day. Because you're going to get gifts. And he lists them, prophecy and visions and dreams. And you, you're going to get the language thing so everybody understands. You're going to get the Holy Spirit working through you, which is important. 
But if you were a Jew, there was something more important. Because if you were a Jew, like lots of Christians, you would have realized that though God chose us thousands of years ago, we have duffed this thing up and disappointed God and failed to please Him again and again and again. And anytime someone remotely got it right, they'd then mess it up again. And you would have gone, and I mess it up all the time, and I can't live to glorify God. In fact, I'm, like them, addicted to sin. And the Holy Spirit doesn't just come to give you gifts. The Holy Spirit comes to change your life. Which, you see, God looks at this and he goes, you oaks can't do it on your own. So he sends a prophet by the name of Jeremiah and Jeremiah prophesies this. He says, when the Spirit comes, I will put the law into their hearts. They'll want to do it. And I'll put it into their minds. And they will be my people and I will be their God. Let me tell you how this works. On Wednesday... I woke up mad sad. Any of you ever get mad sad? Like you want to cry, but you're too angry. Like that kind of vibe. (laughs) If you're a lady, you're crying, but you're angry. Yeah, okay, so I'm I'm mad sad. I'm I'm basically emo. Uh, There's someone that's, um, that's stepping out of the church, and it's made me mad sad. And so I wake up, and I have a lousy day. Go back to sleep that night. I wake up the next morning, I'm still emo, and I feel like the Holy Spirit says to me, stop grieving. Now, I do this to my boy, and I realized how infuriating it was. You know, you know when you say to your kid, they're, they're crying, you're going, okay, you can stop now. Like, that was what God was doing to me. It's just annoying. But anyway, I decided, you're God, I'm not. I'm going to stop grieving. I made that decision, and the next second, joy flooded into me, like oodles of it. So much joy that I came into the, to the office and I started shouting at people for not being happy. They said, wait, we haven't caught up with you yet. It's just, it came through. What is that? That is the Holy Spirit rewiring someone who submitted themselves to Jesus Christ. What the Holy Spirit will do in your life, you're addicted to alcohol, Try being addicted to alcohol when you are full of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's impossible. You, you full of the Holy Spirit, you see the glass of wine, you're like, ah. Two days later, you emo, you see the glass of wine, go, go, go. Like, it's it just, but you full of the Holy Spirit? It cha- he changes you. You need the Holy Spirit for your life to change. And you need to, again and again and again, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, that's information. Now I'm going to preach to you. There's a third thing you need the Holy Spirit for. You need the Holy Spirit to get Babel out of your life. See, you notice the writer Luke, he spends a lot of time naming all those places, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Mesopotamia, like he names them all. I've got a map of all those places. You see where they are? Everywhere. Everywhere. That's the known world. Most of the places we don't want to visit, other than Rome, but that is the known world at that time. People in Jerusalem didn't know anything else. This is 
as far as people went. It's so, so specific. The reason that all these places are mentioned is because God's trying to give us a picture of what the Holy Spirit does. So you've got to understand a bit of the backstory because Jews would understand a different Pentecost to how most Christians understand the Pentecost. Jews would have understood that this moment was putting right another moment. See, there was another moment. It's back in Genesis 11. There are a few moments in our history that have led God to be so infuriated with man that he's put a curse or an eternal consequence into mankind. Adam and Eve was one. Noah, where they got blotted out with a flood. Another one. Genesis 11, this is, this is the third one. Here's what happens. Mankind come together, move to the east, and they build a ziggurat. This is a ziggurat. There we go. Looks, looks like it's made out of Lego. A, a ziggurat was where people would come to worship gods, demonic spirits, and learn knowledge that they didn't currently have. A ziggurat. People have come. They said, let's build ourselves one of these and make a name for ourselves. Let's, let's build Trump Towers. That's what's going on here. And then God comes and has a look. And it says, look, he said, the people are all united, and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confound the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered or dashed in pieces them all over the world, and they stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel, which means confusing sound. Because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. This is going to get personal. I know it sounds impossible. God looks, and out of his grace, he goes, if I leave mankind to keep down this track, with all the power they've got when they're united, they will land in a self-destruction mode that will wipe out humanity. And so I will break their ability to communicate and I will separate them. Because if you can't communicate, you can't connect. And if you can't connect, you can't have a relationship. And if you don't have a relationship, you can't dwell together. And so God comes. And he scatters them by taking away the thing that holds us together. And out of that, families become tribes, and tribes become nations, and nations form cultures, and cultures begin to rub up against each other, and wars start to happen, and feuds, and kingdoms rise, and kingdoms fall, and there's bloodshed, and this war of hostility gets deeper and deeper and deeper between the nations, and it's it's generation after generation after generation of scattering. And in one moment at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes on 120 people and God takes every scattered nation and he shows us a picture of heaven where every tribe, tongue, and nation will worship the Lord Jesus Christ in one space in unity under the King Jesus Christ. It's a picture of life. Now let me tell you why this is personal. 
because so many people have had in their lives in the last season scattered. It's like COVID came and it oh, almost killed you. It scattered you. And you used to have a relationship with her. And you used to connect so well and you could talk and you understood each other. But ever since that thing, it's just like you're scattered. And you had a business and you had such great clients. And they all connected and you had relationships and then COVID came and it just got scattered. And you, you had those friendships and they went so well, but then you did that thing and now it's just scattered. And for some of you, it's not even an external thing. For some of you, your minds were so crystal clear and you could think one thought at a time and something happened and now you wake up in the morning and every single thought seems to just come at you in one big shot and it's scattered and you feel like your life is getting torn apart and pulled into different directions and here's what the Holy Spirit would say to you, Pentecost is coming. And if I can bring people from every single nation into one space and unite them into Jesus Christ with the gifts of the Holy Spirit to speak a language, then I can take the broken pieces of your life and I can slowly begin to stick them together because you've been sitting down like this, trying to slowly put your life together. And the truth is you just can't fit it together. See, I, I meet so many people that they're sitting and rooms and homes, and you're trying to pull back the pieces of a broken, shattered life. And you're wondering, why can't I bring this thing together? Why am I so broken? And the Holy Spirit is saying to you, get up, you can't. But if you'll give me whatever little bit of your life you can, I will start to heavenly glue you back together. I will Pentecost you in ways that you could never do. Psychologists, yeah, they can bring you, they can pull you together. They can give you some tools that you don't grind each other down. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit, He can literally heal you. And friends, there are some people here today whose lives are so scattered. And I felt like God said to me, the only reason you need to preach today is to allow my spirit to come in and mend what has been shattered and scattered because I want to bring it back together by the power of my Holy Spirit today. And I think God's going to do a work in people who are listening. And so if you're scattered, 
whether it's external or internal, if it's in your brain or it's in your business, and you need prayer, won't you stand up so that we can pray the Holy Spirit will do something special? Before I pray for you, look at the plate that I hit a little bit too hard. Even if I tried, I couldn't even find all the pieces. Even if you try, you couldn't even integrate all the pieces. It is so scattered. If you want God to come and give up trying to fix you and just submit you to the Holy Spirit right now, Lord Jesus, I pray of every person now, I pray for an inbreaking of the indwelling Holy Spirit that you will come into lives that are shattered and scattered and you'll begin to bring healing. Now I want you to pray because I know that pain that you feel. I know what it feels like to feel like that thing's torn and over there, and that thing's torn and over there, and that thing's torn and over there, and I don't think I can ever get this thing back together again. I want you to pray, and you say, Lord Jesus, you've got to come. Like at Pentecost, and you've got to give me the Holy Spirit. You, I need your Holy Spirit to put my life back together. I need to, I need to be healed and restored. So I bring all that I have this little piece, this little part of the business, this little part of my life, this one relationship. I just bring whatever I've got and I go, Lord Jesus, I submit this to you. Now, will you baptize me with the Holy Spirit? And as I follow you, here's a word for you. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And you've been watching stuff scatter, and I feel like God's going, I'm going to start pulling it back together. One bit at a time, it's going to start coming back together, and it will be a masterpiece for my glory. I declare over people here today, Lord, that your grace is going to flood through, and what is scattered will come back under the glory of Christ. So I thank you, Jesus, that there will be healing in this place because of Pentecost. Holy Spirit, just flood people, touch their lives. And I just pray for people with mental issues, with health issues, mental health issues. God, I declare life and healing and power. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Move over them, I pray. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. May you be blessed. May you be made whole. May you be strengthened. May God's grace follow you all the days of your life. May you find rest in his name today. And I pray that you are touched by the living God. Join us for um, Get Filled tomorrow night. If you want to be prayed for to be filled with the Holy Spirit, why would you not? And then uh, we've got pop-up church at 4.30 this afternoon. 
And so if you've got some friends who don't know Jesus, why don't you invite them, bring them along. It's like a picnic vibe. We'd love to have you. But may God bless you. If you want prayer afterwards, there's some people who pray for you. You have a great Sunday. God bless. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to find out more information about Olive Tree Church, please visit our website at otc.org.za or email info at otc.org.za. We hope you have an amazing week.